0: welcome to fierce female radio i'm your host estelle from fiercefemaco.com, your female empowerment coach if you're ready to dive in deep and learn all the tips rituals and insights to help you let go of the old version of yourself And unleash your inner fierce, then you are in the right place. This is your space for uncut and real conversations with real women about all things, dreams and desires, mindset, holistic wellness, balance and spirituality. Hey babes, what's up? Can I just say I am so excited to bring you this episode This is so juicy. We are chatting with the beautiful Emma Norris today. She is the founder of A Girl in Progress and you guys should check it out on Instagram. We're going to dive into it so much more in this episode. This is an online self-development community and she has created so many incredible I guess, resources for women who are looking to progress in all areas of their life. So I'm so excited to dive into this episode with you guys. And look, I'm going to be a bit of a loser at the moment. And just let you know, like every single time I do an episode with someone, I just get, (laughs) I seriously just get all the feels. I get so happy and overjoyed because I am the type of person where like soulful connection is so important for me. Like I actually love intimate connection. So those one-on-one, let's go deep, let's get real. And so for me, podcasting is just so expansive and exciting. And I love the idea of just bringing you guys more value and opening you up to these beautiful women who have incredible stories and have been doing incredible things in the world. So look, I'm a bit of a loser today. I'm super excited and just joyful that you know, I've created this platform and that you guys get to consume this content. And so if you guys don't follow me on social media, you might not know that um, we are adjusting things a little bit at Fierce Female Radio. We're going to be dropping a new podcast episode every fortnight as opposed to weekly. We really want to focus on giving you quality content and quality interviews and conversations. So That will be every fortnight and we usually drop an episode depending on where you are in the world on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So guys, in this episode with Emma Norris, we dive deep into such important areas that I feel like as women, we all we all experience and therefore we all need to move through and understand what, why we're doing it and what are the tools and strategies we can use in order to overcome it. Some things we discuss on this episode are perfectionism, procrastination. How to start taking imperfect action. I love this. Um, Emma's an ac- actually an imperfect action coach, so we dive deep into this area. We also talk about productivity and how you can start to live a more productive and intentional life in in any area. So, you know, this is really great also if you're a multi-passionate Woman, if you have a lot of things on the go, um, if you have a business, maybe you have a corporate job and you run a business on the side um, and you're juggling multiple things, we provide you with some really um, tangible tips that you can use in order to create a life that is not only more productive, but gives you the space to actually rest and reset Um, And so we dive deeper into how you can really prioritize self-care and how that's essentially the backbone and the learning that a lot of us ambitious women need to really um, embody. We also talk about um, some tips on how to write a book. Emma has written her own book and it is... Not only is it impactful, it's digestible, and she gives us some really great tips. If any of you babes there have, you know, that you want to write a book on your vision board, she really breaks it down and gives you some ideas on how you can actually tackle that a lot sooner than you think. So I'm excited to bring it to you. But before we dive in, guys, let's discuss the Fierce Female Tip of the Week. So this one is from my dear mother-in-law. It is actually a bit of a health and productivity hack, so... For those of us that like to have our lemon juice in the morning, um, it is, it can be really annoying to then find the lemon, you know, it's really good to squeeze the lemon before you cut it, then you cut the lemon and there's just like so many actions that you need to take just to have some lemon juice. And so what I now do is I squeeze half a lemon into an ice cube tray and into each kind of ice cube tray, um... And you can dilute it like if you don't want it to be so strong, pop some water in it as well and pop it in the freezer. And this is so good if you want to have that warm lemon water drink in the morning. So you can then, um, I like to mix this with warm water or you can pop the kettle on, um, add some warm water and then pop in the ice cube. So you've got that lemon hit straight away. You don't have to do all the things. It's just ready to go in the morning. You can also use the lemon ice cube, you know. If you're not on the wines yet, but you need a refreshing drink and you can pop it into some sparkling water with some berries and mint and voila, you have a little bit of a, you know, a vibe when you're working from home kind of situation. So I love that. And thank you to my mother-in-law. God bless you, Sia. Okay, so the shout out, the shout out for this week is a bit of a beauty tip. And I don't know about you guys, but I really love, I love a nude lip. A nude lip situation. Um, And it's actually interesting because different shades of nude look different on us depending on like the pigmentation of our lips. Um, And so for me, what I found really, really works and one that I really like is um, Bare Minerals. So it's actually like, I want to call it like a lipstick meets meets like a lip gloss. Um, It's thick, but it also has a shine to it. So it's Bare Minerals Lip Gloss. You can check it out. Um, they sell it at Mecca. You can also buy it online. That's B-A-R-E, Minerals. And the the specific um, one that I have is, the specific shade is Sugar Gloss Brilliant. Isn't that nice? Sugar Gloss Brilliant. It is one of my favorites. I actually bought it um, to use on top of a NARS lipstick um, for my wedding, back in the end of 2019 and I have continued to buy it and reuse it since it is, is such a, such a goodie. Um, yeah. So check it out guys and let me know if you're vibing this sugar gloss, brilliant lip gloss. So also guys, if you haven't heard, if you're not following me on Instagram at fierce female co, you're not on my mailing list. What are you doing? Get on it. Um, because I've recently announced something really exciting. And that is my new masterclass, the CEO Mindset Masterclass. And I'm so excited for it because it is literally something that I put my heart and soul into. But it is essentially for women who are ready to claim their power back. Women who are ready to share their message boldly with the world and to build their soulful empire. This is really about breaking up with the old version of you and... Stepping into that CEO babe, you know, that babe who has the life and the business that you desire. How can you start to cultivate her mindset and her energy right now? So in this mindset, this CEO mindset masterclass, we dive deep into how you can heal yourself from Old 3D fears, judgment, negative thought loops, shaming, all of those things that actually keeps us stuck. And it is what's holding you back from living your deepest purpose and actually building a business. We also share how, you know, you need what you need to do in order to embody abundance. So my new abundance embodiment practices, so you can start calling in the cash monies, right? So you can start to really feel like that abundant woman that you are. We also share about how you can fully embrace and accept all parts of you, the darkness, the light, so you can really start to share your message boldly and unapologetically with the world. We also talk about my aligned energy management method to help you release burnout and have passion and momentum in your business. We help you ignite that fire and that desire within you to dream big and do big so you can start taking action on your dream business now. So this masterclass is really a balance of that introspection work, the healing work, the letting go, the energy, the mindset work, that feminine piece, but also the masculine piece. Okay, great. What's your strategy? What are the actions that you need to take in order to get your business off the ground? So this is 90 minutes. It is jam-packed. You also get a beautiful workbook because I love a workbook situation so you can go deeper, write your notes. Um, There's some really powerful journal prompts for you as well. And we're also going to be doing a healing activation um, towards the end of the masterclass as well, guys. So. You can check it out. There's going to be a link in the show notes for you. Um, It is only $8. Eight bucks. Like, I don't know what you can even get for $8. Like, not even two coffees these days. So check it out. Fierce Female Co. You can check us out on Instagram. There's a link there in my bio. And there's also the link in the show notes. And I'm excited for you guys because this is your space. This is your year. 2021. We're making it happen. So... Enjoy this podcast episode. I love you. And let me know if you're vibing this show. Feel free to tag us at Fierce Female Co. If you're listening to the episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Rate us and review it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts so we can continue to share the message and empower more women along the way welcome to fierce female radio today on the show we have emma norris the founder of a girl in progress which is an online community blog podcast education hub essentially an online destination for women working on themselves for themselves emma is a writer author coach and is on a mission to help women overcome perfectionism while adopting imperfect action in all areas of their life welcome to the show emma
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and thank you for that lovely intro.
0: My absolute pleasure. I'm so excited to chat with you, a fellow Australian girl. We have known each other for a few years, like distantly online, but I'm so I'm so excited that we actually get to get a bit deeper and have a conversation today.
1: Me too. Super excited.
0: Love it. Okay. We love to kick it off with some rapid fire questions. So... We actually were just chatting about this before, but what what travel destination are you daydreaming about right now? Let, paint yes. a picture for us.
1: Yes. As I was just saying to you, I'm excited to go pretty much anywhere at this point, <laughs> anywhere <laughs> further than the next state over. But <laughs> I think the one I'm most excited about is Japan. Like I've been there a couple of times um, and it's one of those places. It used to be New York for me, the places I could just come back over and over again. But now it's Japan because I love the delicious food i love the people i love the scenery i love the overall vibe so yeah i think it would just be going back to japan and maybe exploring some different places other than the main cities
0: that's so beautiful and i haven't actually been to japan but it's definitely been on the list and i find people like because i'm also looking at okay what are some places that i can go to where you know i don't have to be there for like four weeks to really experience it you know yeah Um, and i feel like japan seems to be one of those yeah is that right
1: yeah, it's, it, I would say, I mean, you, you could just basically tackle a city, you know, and go for like, I think last time we went, we were only there for like two weeks or something. Um, but there's so much to do even just in Tokyo, you could just do Tokyo for two weeks. Um, but I love that Japan, like in contrast, I mean, we're pretty isolated here in Australia, everywhere's far away. But Japan mm. isn't actually that far. It's like an mm. like eight hour flight or something, which it's I like mean, Bali yeah it, well okay uh, maybe it's like 10 hours I know it's a little bit Bali
0: <laughs> it's and but it's know, not right? like it's not like the U.S. it's not it's like not, Europe
1: yeah. like... it's not like going to Europe or you know Canada or the U.S. so it's pretty doable you can do it in a day it's not a day you can get there in a day so yeah you yeah. recommend
0: okay good on the list so exciting <laughs> and Emma what does your morning ritual look like
1: Yes, I'm going to be honest and say I don't always stick to a morning ritual as much Mm -hmm. as I, you know, I love to talk about the benefits and we all know how important it is to start our day in an intentional way. But like, let's be honest, like none of us do it every single time. But on a a good day, I would get out of bed without looking at my phone. (laughs) So the alarm goes off and I just kind of leave it, you know, across the room on its charger Um, start the day with a meditation. So I use the app Calm and just do a quick, like 10 minute guided meditation. And then coffee, of course. We have a um, coffee machine at home. So I like to make myself a coffee and sit out on the balcony and just enjoy that. Um, and then definitely some planning. So I have a journal that I'm obsessed with called um, the Best Self Co Journal. It is not the prettiest journal, but it's very functional and it has sort of space for like gratitude and top three priorities of the day, which is like an absolute non-negotiable for me. Like I'm not a fan of the traditional never-ending to-do list. I like to know exactly like what my top three priorities are going to be, and then anything else is just a bonus. So yeah, I do my planning there and like. Um, I guess you know, look at my calendar, see what else I've got on. And then when I was being really good, I would <laughs> make myself a healthy breakfast. And there's an app called um, Blinkist. And it basically summarises self-help books into like 15-minute audio snippets. So I would learn something new by listening to something like that or listen to a podcast. Um, but that's on a good day. On, on some days, I just literally, you know, get up, make myself a coffee and start writing. <laughs> so it just depends on the day. But
0: that's the idyllic morning routine. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I actually have heard of the best self co journal.
1: I've probably, pro- you probably heard me talk about it. I'm constantly talking about it. I should have shares in the company. No, but it is a really great. <laughs> you know, it's just got everything you need and nothing that you don't. So I feel like some diaries can be a little bit overwhelming or like, you know, you feel like you have to spend like 45 minutes just planning a day. Whereas I like that this is super simple and, you know, you can kind of smash it out in five minutes.
0: Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. And Blinkist. Okay. Yes. That's a good one. I need to check that out. My mum actually talks about that. Cause she's just like, honey, there's so many books I want to read and there's not enough time. Yes. So I just, use, I just use Blinkist. I'm like, that's actually probably good. Especially if you're, um, especially if you're wanting to, I guess, digest certain bits and pieces where, you know, you probably don't need to read the whole book. And I, I don't know about you, but I remember like I made this shift last year when I stopped feeling guilty for like books that were half read because I have this thing where I've got so many books and then I would get really annoyed at myself if I didn't like finish it completely even though I got something really valuable from it already and I was and I just let it go and I was just like you know what there is like a part of me that only is required to like really get something from this one chapter for example and that's it and you don't have to like read the whole book in order for it to in order for it to land you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like eating a meal. It's like, I don't know, like my parents always taught me, you know, you have to like finish your entire meal. And like, yeah, I get that you don't want to order more than you need more than order more than you need to eat. But it's like, you know, you shouldn't feel guilty if you just if you can't finish like if you go to America and you can't finish like a huge like double size meal kind of thing. So it's kind of like that. It's like you get what you get the enjoyment out of. And then, but don't feel guilty about not finishing every last bit. I feel like that kind of applies to books. And I have, like I said to you, I'm moving apartments at the moment and it's realized made me realize how many um, half-read books I have. But in those situations, I often will just pass it on to like someone else that I think it's going to be helpful to. And then you feel like, you feel better about it rather than just, you know, throwing it out.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. And speaking of, what's one book that you would want every woman to read?
1: I want to be biased and say my own book, Progress Over Perfection, because of course I want every woman to read it um, and I wish that I had read it when I – it's kind of the book that I needed when I was kind of on the cusp of burnout – But I will give another book (laughs) so that I'm not too biased and say You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero, which is a really, I think it's a really amazing book for people who are sort of just getting into self-development because it's a really great, I guess, intro to like mindset and overcoming self-sabotage. And it's also a bit of like manifesting and like making your goals a reality. Um, and I have my own podcast and I've had two different guests, even just in this series, recommend this book, which tells me it is definitely a must read for every woman who's working on themselves.
0: Totally, totally. And two things, firstly, like back to, back to your book. So exciting that you have written your own book. We're going to dive into that more in a second. Cause I want to know more about it, but also Jen Sincero is an absolute legend. I remember I read, you're a badass it didn't land for me as much as um you're a badass at making money yes
1: I read that first as well and then I read you're a Us, like the original one second
0: yeah but yeah. I agree it's a really good intro like it's a really good kind of um it's and it's holistic like she covers like you said quite a lot of areas and she's yeah. just so funny and she's just Love her style, such, especially yeah. if you're listening to it if anyone's listening to it on audible I really recommend audible for her because she's such a funny she's got a great voice yeah such a personality and I'm like I feel like this is like educational and and entertaining
1: yeah it's fun it's not like a dry self-development book it's it's fun to read um and I think the the money one is probably more about the manifesting sort of thing so for people who are really interested in that side of things recommend starting with that one
0: yes totally totally amazing so tell me a little bit about your before we dive into a little bit more about your journey and your career and everything can you how did you like how did you actually get to that point where you started to write your own book because I feel like that is definitely a goal something on the wish list for so many people and they don't they don't do it because of a number of different reasons and excuses and and challenges. And some of them are legitimate and and la, 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 but you went out and you actually did it. Can we like talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. that process um, and what that was like for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose my situation was a bit unusual in that, well, I'm a writer by trade and, you know, I studied journalism and I've always been a huge bookworm. So obviously writing a book was something that was always, it's always been on the top of my wish list. It's always, I think any writer, you know, wants to publish their own book, but you know, like a lot of people I've kind of had like ideas for books um and just kind of you know written I guess the first few chapters or like come up with like the the plot um but then sort of fallen off track with writing it after a few weeks um, but in my situation what actually ended up happening was I was actually found and approached by my publishers who publish a lot of nonfiction books and work with a lot of bloggers so they actually found me um through the blog which is amazing they actually found me through just like free downloadable goal setting ebook um, that I had um on the website like just a you know like a lead magnet so uh I guess to to welcome people onto your mailing list um so they actually found me through that and you know approached me and said are you interested in writing a book and I said absolutely and I didn't get very long to write it I think I got like four months or so um, so, which was a bit of a stretch at the time. At the time I was working, I think I was working at Girlfriend Magazine, like, you know, four days a week at a time. And I was like, you know, this is gonna be a huge stretch to try and get this done in, in um, you know, in four months. But, you know, it's, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I thought I've got to find a way to make it happen. So I basically just sort of broke it down into small chunks and almost treated them like mini blog posts each chapter and just chipped away with it, you know, over the four months. I didn't want to be in a situation where it's like <laughs> a week before the book's due and I'm like doing it all in one week. So I really broke it down in that way. Um, So, yeah, to answer your question, it was a bit of an unusual situation in terms of I didn't, you know, have the full manuscript and then pitch it to publishers. But if I hadn't have, you know, taken imperfect action and getting that ebook up on the website, um, you know, a year or so earlier, then I wouldn't have been, you know, found by the publishers, which I guess goes to show you never know who's watching what you're doing. Like even if it feels like you're not getting anywhere with you know, a project that you're working on, you have no idea who's paying attention. And my publisher had actually been on my mailing list for like, I don't know, six months or something, and I hadn't even realized. So yeah, so as much as it's not the traditional path, I think there's still learnings there in terms of, you know, just putting things out there and and letting them reach who they need to reach.
0: I love that. And I, I love that you approached it from perspective of okay, I'm just going to break this down and approach it like I'm writing mini blog posts. And yeah. that is so powerful.
1: And anyone can do that, approach it in that way, even if it's they're not in a situation like I was in, like say, you know, they're writing something so that they can uh, pitch it to prospective publishers. Like I would really recommend breaking it down in that way. And I have a, client, a coaching client who's also writing a book and i've really recommended that she break it down in that way because her book is going to be a bit longer than mine mine is actually quite a short book thankfully but you know when you're staring down the barrel of like 50,000 60,000 words it can be really overwhelming so yeah, yeah it's definitely a matter of breaking it down you know maybe tackling a chapter a week and then you know in depending on how many chapters it has you could you could have a book written in you know in three months or something so
0: yeah definitely making it more manageable and chunking it down that way love that and I love that you're creating that you're creating structure around it and you're just dissecting it in different chunks and I think that's really good because that's helps your brain kind of compartmentalize okay great what am I going to focus on in this area and in this chapter and, and and approach it bit by bit
1: yeah if you look at them kind of as separate entities and then come back and like make sure you've woven it all together it's so much more doable and less overwhelming.
0: Mm, love it. So good. So if anyone out there is, is listening and wants to write a book, it's possible in three yes, months, three to four months, you can have your own book. Who knows who's watching, who's listening and who you could potentially be approached by.
1: Yeah. And I just want to say like the self-publishing industry is huge at the moment too. Like, mm. you know, even if you do write something and it doesn't get picked up by the first, you know, 10 publishers, um that you approach like there are still amazing ways to get your book out in the world so i think anyone who has a great story to tell or a great message to share should write that damn book
0: <laughs> love it so good and so tell us emma a little bit about tell us a bit about your journey your career journey how this started and and how you got to where you are now um you know in this beautiful expansive business and in creating this like online community um tell us a little bit about that journey for you
1: yeah, so I'll try and make a long story short. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned, like I've always loved reading, writing, and then, you know, as soon as I could buy magazines, I was buying magazines, like back when Bar- Barbie magazine was the thing in Australia, I was reading it when I was like, I don't know, 10 years old or something, and <laughs> would force yeah. my mom to buy them for me. So I always knew I wanted to go into some sort of media, preferably magazines. Um, so I studied journalism at uni, and ended up um, interning through for a magazine through that. And then I guess that sort of led to me like interning for a few other magazines and then getting my first role um, in magazine publishing at a not very glamorous weekly magazine, but <laughs> still a foot in the door. So I did the magazine writing thing for a couple of years and then sort of realized that the publishing industry was changing really quickly. Like obviously everything was going digital and although like magazines are still obviously around in one form or another like yeah everything is obviously going online so I thought oh I better get some digital experience so that led to me taking a pretty significant pay cut to go and work for an online wellness um, publication that I absolutely loved Um, and through that I was really you know smashing out four or five articles a day so I got it taught me everything I needed to know about, you know, running a successful blog and also just smashing out a lot of content quickly. Um, So I think to, it must've been when I just left there, I I was going to a lot of events um, through this blog that I was working for and I was meeting a lot of influencers who were absolutely lovely, but they were very aspirational, um, (laughs) very tall, blonde, uh (laughs) very put together and I just kind of couldn't relate like I'm a bit I'm well I'm first of all I'm short and brunette and a little bit awkward and clumsy and but at the same time I'm very driven and you know I'm not I'm not a total hot mess like (laughs) although I am clumsy (laughs) like I'm still extremely goal driven and I thought you know like where is the blog or you know publication for girls like me who not girl, you know, all girls are amazing, but I guess I suppose the every girl who is still very goal-driven and also something that's a bit more relatable and raw and I guess less aspirational. Um, So that led to me starting A Girl in Progress. And I think I actually thought of the name before I thought of the concept, which is (laughs) how I come up with a lot of things. Um, And it actually started as a lifestyle blog Um, where I was really covering like a lot of different topics, like, which we still do, but like beauty, fashion, health, career, just kind of everything. And it was very community focused from the get go. Like I really didn't want my voice to be the only one um, on the website. And also I knew that I (laughs) wouldn't be able to pump out all that content on my own. So from the get go, I sort of Started getting contributors on board from you know all over the world, all different walks of life, all different occupations, um, which not only helps me get the word out about it because obviously they all shared it with their audience, and you know you've contributed, so so you know you know our. Um,
0: I remember. Yeah. I like how? was like three. That was a while was ago. A I
1: remember yeah, so you were, I think, maybe in that first batch. So, you know, amazing people like you really helped me get the word out and also, you know, share some really unique perspectives on topics. So it, it definitely wasn't um, just me. And then I suppose over the years, it's kind of evolved and expanded. So we're sort of less of a lifestyle blog and more of a self-development destination. So... The content is still a really big part of it. You know, like we love to give away free, valuable content, you know, that can help people from all over the world, but it's also expanded into the podcast, the Girl in Progress podcast. Um, obviously the book that I was talking about earlier happened through the blog, um, have coaching, imperfect action coaching, which I think we'll talk about later on. Um, I have a course on overcoming procrastination, Um, some merchandise and then obviously the community is still a big aspect of it and we've got some exciting things coming up in terms of that this year but yeah it's really just I guess evolved into more of a mission of you know helping people helping women see that they can accept themselves exactly as they are while also working to the striving to get where they want to be I think is really at the core of everything that we're doing.
0: Mm, I love that so much I think that is so 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 such a powerful message to say that yes we can all you know seek to do better and be better and create amazing things in our lives but we also need to stop and just love and respect and honor ourselves right now in this moment yeah exactly otherwise you get to the
1: destination and realize that you still well first of all that there is no destination that the benchmark is always moving mm. but you know also that that you're not still not happy with yourself so i think that acceptance really comes has to come first um, and realising that your worth isn't just tied to your accomplishments. But, you know, once you get there or once you have that in place, then, you know, that's when you can, you know, strive in a really healthy way.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think for anyone listening, like, recognising that there there can be so many um, skills that you're building, knowledge, learning that can come from the workplace, like you working in a 9-to-5. Anyone wanting to start in their business, sometimes it can feel really frustrating and you kind of feel that your nine to five job is a barrier. Um, But really in so many opportunities, like you have the capacity to learn so many skills that you can then bring into your business. Yeah, absolutely. Which is awesome. So exciting. And so tell us a little bit about, I guess, like, you know, what did you have to unlearn in order to fully allow yourself to do what you wanted to do, because, you know, you've you've done some really exciting, bold things, right? And so what did you have to, like maybe f- something from a, um, maybe a specific mindset, a shift in belief, um, a pattern that you had to release or unlearn in order to really step into your power and do what you've, what you've decided to do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it kind of ties into what we were just talking about in terms of my worth not being tied to my, accomplishments or how much money I make or my title like um, my parents are amazing and very supportive but my dad is a doctor so I think to an extent I sort of grew up with this you know oh you get the you know the traditional job and you know you want to you know make a lot of a fair bit of money through your job Um, and they were very supportive about me going into journalism but uh, well getting into magazines but I guess there was a bit of a thing of I you know I worked so hard to get into magazines and then you know I was I received a little bit of questioning from my you know family and people around me when I took a pretty oh can you still hear me yeah yeah cool I accidentally clicked something um when I took a pretty significant pay cut to go and work in digital and then again when I started my own blog even though I didn't you know I still had an income coming in while I was doing that Um, there's been a few times where I've had to I guess yeah take bold leaps and realize that you know the title even though I've worked hard to you know get a title in magazines or even just get a job in magazines or you know get the full-time income um, that it doesn't define me and that you know I'm still worthy no matter what I'm doing Um, and also just knowing that I can figure out any situation that I get myself in and be self-sufficient like has been really helpful in allowing me to take risks. Like, I guess it's just backing myself and having the confidence that I'll be able to, yeah, get myself out of any sticky situation that I might find myself in.
0: I love that. That's so powerful. And I feel like also just taking it one step at a time. Like, I think sometimes people can be like, oh, you know, I want to do all of these things. And they feel like, they have to do them all now. They get really overwhelmed and disheartened. Where it's like, let's actually just focus on one thing right now. And let's have the confidence and know that, you know, step by step, you're going to find a way to make it happen. And there's going to be some roadblocks, but you're just going to reassess, recalibrate, and go in a new direction yeah, if needed. I-
1: What you just said, in terms of like, I'm definitely a very multi passionate person who has lots of ideas, and I always like, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do that. And it was really only when I started, you know, actually mapping out things in terms of quarterly goals like, okay, you know, there's only so much you can do at once. Like, especially since why I've been working on side projects, a lot of the time I have had. A day job as well so it's being realistic about what I can achieve and then being like okay in quarter one I'm going to work on this big project quarter two I'm going to work on this one and then using that as I guess a foundation to be able to break it down and be like okay I'm going to do this in week one this in week two like I think yeah it's like a mix of being realistic about what you can do and then breaking it down and and yeah knowing that you don't have to do it like right now like Mm. But yeah, it's hard to find the balance with it. And it's definitely something I'm still working on
0: myself. Absolutely. And I know that's something that's really common for women who um, might want to do something different. Maybe it's they're wanting to start a blog or create a business on the side or, you know, start dating or putting themselves out there, whatever it is, right? Often one of the key things that I hear is from, from my audience is this idea that, they have to be perfect and women really being consumed by perfectionism and that being um, that self-sabotage preventing them from actually putting their work out there or doing the thing, right? Yeah. Uh, especially amongst, you know, I think this is quite common amongst ambitious and high-performing women who have really high expectations of themselves. Um, I would love to hear if this is has been part of your journey and something that you had to overcome. Yeah. And like what did that look like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, perfectionism is definitely something that I've had to work through. And it's obviously a huge topic that I love to talk about now because I'm so passionate about it. Um, I'm definitely more the perfectionist in terms of, I guess what you were saying, just having such high standards for myself more so than being very, I'm not that detail focused and I'm not really Mm. someone who has to like dot all the I's and cross all the T's. Like I've kind of always been a little bit like, just get it out there. Same, um, same, same. I I say I'm an after the fact perfectionist because I (laughs) just put things out there and then (laughs) question like, oh, like what if that wasn't quite right? Or like, what if people don't like it? So that's something I've had to work through and just being like, you know, I will be okay If ever, like not everyone will like it. Like that's the reality of the situation. If it's for everybody, then it's for nobody. So I've really had to zone in on just serving the people who actually, you know, really need to hear it when I'm creating. And also just remembering that perfection like doesn't actually exist. It's so subjective. Like there's no universal authority on what perfection is. Like something that I think is perfect, you might think is a pile of dog crap. Like yeah. just, it's so different for everyone. So if you're trying to please everybody, then, you know, like I said, you're going to please nobody. So I think it's just, you know, giving myself a reality check about that. Um, and then obviously, you know, perfectionism goes hand in hand with procrastination and what you were saying about, you know, people not putting things out into the world, like, that's a form of procrastination, and I think there's a bit of a misconception about procrastination, that it's about being lazy. Um, Mm. Like you said, it's really a lot of, you know, amazing, goal-driven, creative women who do experience this, and it's really, well, procrastination obviously stems from perfectionism, but it all stems from fear. It's, you know, it's fear, it can be fear of discomfort, or it can be fear of being judged by the thing that you, you know, put out into the world, or it can be, yeah, I mean, they're probably the two main ones. So it's really about like digging into like what is that fear and you know, what is actually the worst case scenario? Usually it's not, it's not that bad. <laughs>
0: Totally, I love that you say that. I think that going to the worst case scenario is such an important thing because that's like, what are we actually afraid of, and and really dissecting that as opposed to just pushing ourselves, um, and and you know, and then really you know having that negative um, thought patterns and putting ourselves down, saying that we're lazy, saying that we're not motivated or committed enough. And going into that downward spiral as opposed to, you know, this is a strategy I'm using to avoid something, to avoid some form of pain, uh, discomfort. What is that?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, in the book, I, uh, there's a chapter all about learning to rest, not quit, which I think ties into what you're saying. Like it's important to be able to distinguish between when you're just not doing something because you're afraid or, you know, you're telling yourself excuses that you don't have time and knowing when you actually are you know, on the brink of burnout or doing too much. Like, I think it's really, and then in those cases, it's really important to not necessarily be like, I'm going to throw in the towel and not do this at all. It's just giving yourself permission to rest in those situations. Um, And I guess giving yourself a deadline to come back to it um, when, when you are ready. But yeah, I think it's really important to know when you're just when you're just making excuses and when you genuinely do need a rest it's the same with like the gym you know like it is actually important to to give yourself rest for your own I guess growth and recovery but then there's also can be times when we're
0: just like oh I'm too tired to go when really it's just (laughs) us self-sabotaging. Totally and I love that you said that so in terms of like tangible tips and takeaways I guess that women can use in order to help them move through um Procrastination. So one of them you said is is rest. Um, What else would you say that people can do in order to move through this?
1: To move through procrastination, yeah, definitely what we were talking about before in terms of like figuring out the root cause. Mm -hmm. of procrastination and inside I have a course on procrastination like I said before and the first module is all about the science behind procrastination and I find a lot of people actually find it really useful to understand what is going on in the brain when we procrastinate and that it's different parts of the brain fighting against each other Um, it makes them realize that you know it's not just that there's something wrong with them Um, and they can be a little bit more forgiving with themselves which is actually a really important part of overcoming procrastination like there's studies that show that people that show themselves compassion when they do find themselves procrastinating are less likely to do it you know less likely to give into it the next time they feel tempted Um, it's called like self-efficacy in psychology it's like the belief that you can like follow through on, on something. It, it helps with that. So definitely showing yourself compassion when you do procrastinate and forgiving yourself and not letting it dictate what you do in the future. Like, you know, giving yourself a fresh chance when you do feel the temptation to do it. Um, and also just making it easier to not procrastinate than to procrastinate. So <laughs> this is where all the, you know, the tools the strategies come in, it's like, If you know that you're someone who is too distracted by you know your social media apps or things on your computer like maybe you do need to install a distracting app blocker or put on the focus mode on your phone like or you know removing things that are distracting from your desk like i think you know it's like an out of sight out of mind thing like the the easier you make it for yourself to not procrastinate the the less likely you are to do it. I don't know if I said that right, but.
0: Yes. You
1: get what I mean? And then, yeah, it's also just the way that you work. Like I find multitasking is, it makes you too prone to procrastination. Like it's just too easy to procrastinate when you're switch tasking between different tasks. Like, you know, if you're trying to be on Facebook and doing um and doing a work project like you're just going to end up getting lost in the (laughs) Facebook vortex so I'm a huge fan of monotasking so doing just one thing at a time and I find that works really well with the breaking down your tasks into your project sorry into smaller tasks so it's like figuring out like making it a really digestible task and doing just that task at any one time um I find doing those things combined really sets you up to to
0: eliminate procrastination Mm, so good monotasking I think that's really important because I feel like when we when we shift between different tasks like I don't know about you but I get really scatterbrain like oh Um, yeah yeah like you just you can't your brain like doesn't have the space to actually focus and every time you switch it like I can't remember what it is exactly but I know that it takes the brain a certain amount of time to like then recalibrate and refocus on what you were doing so you keep losing
1: minutes or something like that it's something crazy I know that I've heard that stat as well and science actually shows that like multitasking is not a thing like you're not doing two things at once you're just switching between tasks and draining your energy every single time you do it so and look I I'm not a huge like it's I don't completely shun multitasking I think it can be useful for like if you're doing tasks that aren't competing for the same part of your brain so like an example I give often is like I like to listen to my uni lectures while I'm cooking. Like, I think it's fine in situations like that where it's like not competing uh, resources in the brain, but otherwise it's monotasking all the way.
0: Yeah, totally, totally love that. And I feel like you, I hadn't really planned to ask to go in this direction, but I feel like you, seem like you have some really good productivity strategies that I want to pick your brain on. And I feel like the audience would really, would love to hear some of them, because if you think about it, right, not like, let alone, I um, would love to hear perhaps what productivity strategies you used when you had a job and you were juggling, you know, your side business and projects. Um, because the thing is what I've noticed with you, it's not just like you have one project. There's a number of different projects that you were juggling um, whilst you were still working nine to five and, you know, probably now, right? So I'd love to hear how did you get the most out of your time and, and um, maybe what is a couple of tips that we can give the audience?
1: Yeah. So I think in terms of juggling um, multiple projects, yeah, that's something that I've been doing for the last few years. Like um, like I said, I was writing my book while I was also had a day job and also was running the blog and doing other freelance writing as well. And I think actually there's probably two, two things have been the biggest thing. So the first one is really just taking advantage actually that it's kind of the same tip in one so I talk about taking advantage of your five to nine which is your opposite of your your nine to five so it's that kind of like 5 a.m to 9 a.m or it's your 5 p.m to 9 p.m I think as much as I'm not an advocate for working all the time I find you know there are going to be busier seasons of your life if you are someone who has a side hustle and it's really using those hours wisely like you know the time that's like if you not suggesting that you do both, but technically there's another eight hours in the day available to you that you're not, um, you know, you're not at your day job. So, and yeah, like I said, I'm not suggesting that you use all that time. You need time for rest and recovery, but you know, when you think about it, like if you use those hours wisely, you can get a lot done. So I think Mm -hmm. it's mainly that and, Um, I have a whole chapter in my book on maybe it's a section on be a legend in your lunch break So (laughs) when I had a day job um, I mean, I actually still have a a day job that I do um, part-time I'm big I'm big fan of having you know (laughs) diversifying your income but um, Mm -hmm. I would always just use my lunch break really wisely like I would you know sit down like sit down somewhere comfortable and do an hour of work in my lunch break. And I didn't do it every single day. Like if I felt like, you know, I need I need a break. Like if it had been a particularly big day, you know, at the office, then I might just like go sit in the park. But yeah, I find there's a lot you can get done if you're really on a mission to get things done in that hour in your lunch break. So I think it's using your time wisely and definitely scheduling your time. Like um, particularly when I was juggling so many things, I'm a huge fan of time blocking. So actually blocking out slots in your schedule, um, you know, being like, okay, so from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And I always start with like, you know, the non-negotiables for like your sanity and your health when you're blocking that out because you don't want to get too tempted to just block out every single hour with like (laughs) work. Um, So definitely starting with those things. But yeah, like giving every task a time, I find is really important when you're juggling so many different things.
0: Totally. And and you know what I find also really helpful is blocking out time for self-care, rest and um, recovery because yeah. Yeah. that is so important because I think you, we can get into that. And it's a great energy, right? But part of it's also like... Um, You know you're constantly on the go, so you're you're the go in your in your day job, and then your your mind is firing up again, um, outside of hours, trying to keep up with you know your side projects and your side business. But then it's also equally as important to remember, okay, well when am I going to actually take some time out, Um, because then we get into a space of of burnout, which happens so much easier when you're doing so so many things at once. And then you get frustrated yourself or you get overwhelmed and you go into this like negative spiral again. Um, But if we can be on top of that and know that, you know, we we want to have our self-care, our self-care is just as important as, you know, working on our business as working on, you know, in our day job. And when we prioritize that, it's like, we're giving ourselves permission and knowing that we're worth that. And so regardless, you know, we, we can have, we can, I don't say we can have it all. We we can have it all, but I think it's more about recognizing you can have time to rest and do the things that nourish your soul as well as have your own business on the side, as well as working in a day job.
1: That's what allows you to do that. Like, you know, if I don't have my couple of workouts a week like I won't be able to power through all my work so I, yeah that's why I definitely recommend with starting with mapping out when you are going to do those things to fill up your own cup and then you know scheduling the other things around that I mean obviously things like if you have a full-time job like you have to go to your full-time job but apart from that definitely starting with with those things because without it you know you can't do what you need
0: to do Totally. Totally. And so we're going to pivot a little bit and talk a bit about you being an imperfect action coach, because I just, firstly, I just love that title. That is so oh, thank great. You. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. Tell us a little bit more about, and we have already touched on this, but I'd love if you could just like dive into a little bit deeper around what you mean about imperfect action and how we as women need to, I guess, implement this more consistently in all areas of our life.
1: Yeah, so for me, imperfect action is really like the antidote to perfectionism and procrastination. So it's really about not waiting until you have it all figured out or like it's the perfect circumstances or you have all your ducks in a row or yeah, like just the perfect time to do anything because that doesn't exist and just allowing yourself to take steps forward, even if they're messy and small steps. Like It's basically just this idea that you don't know, have to know exactly what the big picture is going to look like. You can just um, start exactly where you are with what you have right now. Like Break it down into the smallest unit of measurement and just take that step forward because that's going to give you the momentum um, to keep going.
0: I love that. And was there a certain area in your life that you perhaps were taking imperfect action in um, and what did you do to to shift that?
1: Yeah, so that's a very good question. I think it's just when I'm creating anything, like I used to, you know, like a lot of people get very caught up in perfectionism and feeling like, you know, I had to do it all at once or I have to know exactly what the end result is going to look like before I can do it. Or when I was a writer, like, you know, wanting to like pitch, articles to publications like feeling like I had to have like a list of like 20 different articles like the whole article written before I could like pitch it it's like no you don't you don't need all that you can just basically break it down into like the smallest unit of measurement and just do something like just start like I mean I've definitely even writing my book like I had to approach it that way and just let my first draft suck like just get anything down onto the page and I I feel my um, clients are writers. So I know that this is something that we all, we particularly, and you probably, I know you write as well. So you probably find this as well. There can be something particularly intimidating about a blank word document. Like (laughs) it's just staring back at you and it can, I I know a lot of people deal with, a lot of writers deal with a lot of perfectionism and overwhelm and just feeling like every line has to be perfect, which can really keep you stuck and stunted. So it's just allowing that first draft to not be the best thing you've ever written, but just get something down onto the paper and then you can fine tune later. And I think that can be applied to a lot of different types of um, creative projects.
0: 100%. And I also find something really simple, like not... Like sometimes when we map out a task, right, and there's like 500 steps and then it's really easy to get overwhelmed because you're just like, how am I going to fit this all in? How am I going to do this? But I almost think just like not looking at that and just thinking, taking each step at a time. And you might feel that might be for like the type A person that's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I can't, I can't even deal with that, but I feel like it's a really good way to just be really present and focused on what you're doing and figuring things out the you know along the ride because things are going to change all the time so like they're going to change all the time and I feel like we get ourselves into a rut when we try and have everything perfectly lined up in order to make us feel safe because it makes us feel like we know what's coming, but we're never going to know what's coming because we're just not in control of everything anyway. Yeah. So, you might as well just leave it up to the universe and take one step at a time.
1: Yeah. I mean, if this last year has taught us anything, is that we never know what's going to happen. So, there's no point having everything um, mapped out. And yeah, I really believe that you gain clarity through doing. So, you know, it's when you start taking those steps that you realize, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe I'm going to slightly change my strategy on this or maybe I need this and I don't need this. So I think it's, you know, when you just start taking steps forward, it not only gives you momentum, but it gives you clarity and it kind of lights the path ahead of you.
0: Totally. Love that. Love that. So we're going to dive into our behind the scenes segment. So this is where we get just that little bit more honest, that little bit more real, And so I would love for you, Emma, to share with us a recent situation where you were experiencing self-doubt and how that came up for you.
1: Yeah, so definitely learning to drive. So I'm 29 and I don't have my license. I have my L's, um, which has caused me a fair bit of strife over the years. Like I went for my um, L's, like my learner's test when I was, I think, 19 or something and actually failed the knowledge test a couple of times. And that's really... I mean, there's been a couple of different reasons that I've left it this late, but it's it's really cast a lot of self-doubt in my mind. And for many years, it made it so that I didn't even want to try. So, and I think with driving, it's like the later you leave it, the harder it gets. Like you're better off learning when you're a teenager and you're not as aware of how dangerous the world can be. Um, But, you know, this is sort of I heard, um, you know, someone else, another writer actually describe learning to drive as her personal Mount Everest. And I think it's a similar thing for me. It's like, you know, I've I've got all the other adulting things, adulting things figured out. But it's just this one thing um, that I haven't quite conquered yet. But I have been going to driving lessons and making sure I consistently, you know, am driving because the only way you can learn to drive is by doing lots of driving and I find the more I do it, the more, you know, the more confident I get and the better I feel about it. And I think it's the case with anything. Like sometimes it was the same for me with like public speaking, you know, that used to be something that terrified me and I really had to throw myself in the deep end with it and then realize, Oh, it's actually not so bad. And it's been the same thing with driving. So this has been a really good experiment in, you know, discovering how confidence and just doing even though like you don't have to be fearless you just have to be brave um and and confidence comes through that
0: yes i love that and we're celebrating you we're celebrating you for practicing to drive and you (laughs) you know and you're going to manifest that license for sure yeah. And
1: it's it, like anything that I do, I've really been breaking it down into like, okay, I'm going to book in like five lessons and then I'm going to book in 10 and then I'm going to like do a, um, you know, a driver's workshop just before I do it. So uh, yeah, it's just really breaking it down and reverse, uh, reverse engineering. It. The goal um, has given me, you know, the
0: confidence that I will make it happen. <laughs> 100%. And what's an area of your life that you're trying to improve in at the moment?
1: I think it would just have to be work-life balance. Like, it's always hard to like tip the scales perfectly with that. You know, like we've spoken about, I always have a lot of projects on, a lot of different things on the go. Like, I love what I do, so it can be easy to just work nonstop. And it's kind of ironic because a lot of what I talk about is, you know, um, taking care of yourself and mindful productivity, but you know, none of us have it completely figured out. So I think it's just finding more time for not even just rest and relaxation because I do, um, you know, I do really prioritise that, but just making more time for fun and just hobbies and that sort of thing. So that's an area of my life
0: that I'm really working on at the moment. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And what is, I love this question, but what is your recent fierce female moment? So like a moment where you felt proud to be yourself.
1: Yeah, I really love this question as well. And I sort of had to think about it before. And I think I can't really find, uh, like, nail it down into just one moment, but just more of a general theme recently. Like, a time that I really feel proud to be myself is when I'm able to set boundaries and really speak my truth, but in a way that is kind and empathetic and is considering the other person's feelings. Like, that's when I feel... Um, like integrity is something that's really important to me and honesty, but so is being kind to others. Um, and sort of my mantra is, I mean, I didn't come up with this, but it's um, do no harm, take no shit. And that's really how I tried to live my life. And I've had a few um, instances recently, you know, whether it's been with family or it's been, you know, if I've had a contractor doing work for me and it hasn't, you know, quite worked out or like, you know, even ordering something at a restaurant that wasn't what it was meant to be. Um, There's been a few times lately where I've been able to navigate, you know, being like, oh, you know, no, actually, this isn't quite right or actually, you know, I don't want to accept this but doing that in a way that's really kind and not hurtful to the other person and that's yeah, something that I felt. Really good about it, and it does make me feel like a fierce female, but like a fierce kind female. <laughs> yes,
0: I love that. That's so good. That is beautiful, and I love that mantra. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wish I could claim that one of on my own. I'm actually not sure who said it, but I think it's a really great way to live your life.
0: Hundred percent. And so, Emma, tell us. Can you pimp yourself out a little bit? Tell us where we can find you. Where we can find you know a copy of your book and your resources.
1: Yeah, so the best place to start is probably on Instagram at underscore a girl in progress or a girl in That's where you'll find the podcast, courses, products, the blog. And then for me personally, I'm Emma Jane Norris on Instagram.
0: Love it. Thank you so much for all of your energy and yeah, your incredible wisdom and knowledge. This has been a very, very um, impactful podcast episode. So thanks so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. If you're vibing the show, please leave us a review. We would love to be of value to more fierce Females and you can totally help us grow. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at fiercefemaleco, and don't forget to share this episode podcast on your Instagram story. Tag us and share your top takeaway. I would love to know what you got out of the show, and this is really a great way for you to think about what value this brought to you and how you might use this in your own life. I love you. Thank you for listening. Wishing you all the love, light and fierceness. And we'll see you soon.